the emphasis is really on going back to the basics and, and building from there. If, if we look at the way, for example, we, we teach at Roots, we are essentially on an eight-year cycle. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. Bali, thanks so much for uh, joining us on the podcast. Pleasure being here. Well, so usual stuff as we kick off. Can you tell us a little bit about um, yourself and what was your path into Systema? Um, was it direct or was it kind of circuitous? It was uh, It was a very direct path for me. I, uh, I used to live in Toronto, which was my uh, primary residence for, uh, for about eight years. Yeah. And um, I'm originally from Iran. Um, ended up in Europe for many years before ending up in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like all kids, well, not all, like a lot of the kids, you know, did the traditional judo, taekwondo um, upbringing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I never excelled at any of them particularly. And then ended up uh, in Toronto, kind of dabbling in various kung fu styles, a lot of, a lot of you know, of, uh, what we call nowadays as McDojos. Um, right. Yeah. And, uh, and not, not to take away from them, you know, these are, this their system, their methods. And, you know, when you're in it, you actually, um, you actually believe in what you're doing, which I did, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, you know, training that as a, I guess I was a teenager or late teen, um, I didn't feel was giving me what I was looking for. Yeah. And, uh, living in, uh, Toronto was a, a very multicultural city. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a, there was a newspaper ad that I stumbled upon, which was a small black and white ad in one of the local papers, um, that just said brutal Russian martial arts. And it had a phone. <laughs> that was literally the wording, brutal Russian martial arts. We told Russian martial arts, right? <laughs> I, I don't know how long they ran that ad. Yeah, um, I can't imagine them running it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And that was, uh, I think that was in 95, right? Yeah. Um, so 20, 23 years ago, roughly. And uh, so I saw the ad and, you know, it said the, tr- the usual based on training of Russian special forces, something like that. And I was like, oh, I, I called right away. I just called up and, uh, um, some good things haven't changed. It was Valerie who answered the phone. Yeah. I asked, you know, when, where, how much, got the details. And I, uh, I showed up there that same evening. Uh-huh. And uh, must have been six, six, eight guys in class. Yeah. And uh, the format was very strange for me. You know, there was, uh, people were wearing whatever they were wearing. There was a bit of camel going around. A um, mm-hmm. couple of uh, stripes, Vesna shirts. Mm-hmm. Um and, uh, you know, without, without any kind of preparation, it was, uh, take knives, get on the ground, start wrestling. <laughs> and at that moment of what, and, 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 and everybody was super friendly, right? Yeah. And, uh, that lasted, you know, 15, 20 minutes. I was totally burnt, exhausted. And then, you know, then we got into various drills, just pushing back and forth. A lot of good times, a lot of fun. Hmm. But I sure ended up on my butt time and time again. And I, I you know, good-natured as usual, I, uh, I, would, I would get back up and smile and kind of regroup myself and end up on my butt again. Yeah. And, you know, now we know going down to the ground is not a problem. You just go down to the ground, you 
keep it smooth. But at the time, there was, of course, the pride, the ego, the social fears. Yeah. All the things. So you don't want to go to the ground. And, mm-hmm. of course, you hit the ground that much harder and then get up um, uh, uh, kind of, you know, try to, to hold some kind of face because I did have previous martial arts background not much but enough that i felt like well i should be able to anyways that class uh went as it went Mm. um change rooms changed got on the bus and on the bus i was like wow that was that was interesting Uh didn't uh you know i got home and i kept on went over the drills in my head i was like i'm gonna go back there tomorrow and i'm gonna stand my ground Mm -hmm. and enough i ended up there the next day and uh got tossed around even more even harder <laughs> and and that was it for me that was it from there on i was like wow this is uh, this is special even though i did not quite grasp what these guys were doing yeah. and how things were going so that was um, 1995 you said yes was, so you pretty much got him right the ground floor because i think probably only really started teaching in like 92 93 something like that right 93, yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. So, right at the beginning so I was, I was very fortunate um you know at the time and things, things were very different. Uh, uh, Vlad was, uh, you know, he's, he, the, the school was in a place where uh, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of other guys coming from other clubs to check it out. Hmm. Uh, there was a lot of skeptics, which there are still plenty out there, but yeah. at the time, um, it was very interesting. We would have guys walk in from a, you know, a kickboxing club. Yeah, and they want to come and try it, and of course, Vlad would make us do kicking drills, and these guys excelled mm-hmm. at what they did, right? So we would get a good taste of like, well, what's what's a, a good kickboxer or Muay Thai guy, yeah, what they can unleash, right? Um, of course, you know, fifteen minutes into it, it was okay, one guy on the ground, two guys on top, mm-hmm. and that's when the you know the Muay Thai guys would suffer, and yeah. that's when. That's what it gave a, a lot of perspective at that. And so it was, it was of course a very different feel. Um, and, and not to say, I think maybe about four years ago I was in Toronto and I remember a progression and Vlad was leading the class, but it was very, very similar hmm. to 20 years ago in terms of the drills and the progression. Yeah. Um, the warmups were, you know, of course different, uh, uh, you know, I, I think during the first five years that I was there, there was no push-ups. There was no breathing. There was no squats. None of that stuff was yeah. part of the curriculum. Mm. Um, so, so, anyways, so, so it, it's it's very interesting for me to come back and just see, like, yeah, it's not so much that uh, system has gone softer or that you know things have evolved in in, in different ways. It's just that as as practitioners, uh, we have gotten considerably better and smoother. So we don't, you know, we don't. Uh, we don't burn out as fast. We don't sweat as hard. Yeah. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So yeah, the emphasis has changed, right? It's uh, the core is the same, but the emphasis has changed a little bit. It seems absolutely. in my time yeah. training anyway. Yeah. And, and, and our skill levels has changed considerably and our understanding of ourselves, et cetera. So, yeah. so, so that was essentially how I, I got into it. It was, uh, those two first mm-hmm. classes, um, were essentially game changer for me. And then I, uh, I just kept at it. And, so, uh, so did you, um, were you there long enough to kind of become, uh, kind of a group leader or an instructor in your own right? Or was that something that you took on after you moved away or moved to the West coast? How did you come to build your own school? Yeah, that's, uh, I, I wasn't in, in Toronto training and, and, and the schedule was 
considerably different. You know, there was three classes on Monday, two on Tuesday, three on Wednesday, two on Thursday, three on Friday. There was a Saturday and a Sunday class. Wow. So, so there were, there were a lot of classes and I, you know, I did that. For example, I got injured once, uh, you know, whatever cracked ribbed or something that put me, set me up for like five weeks. Yeah. And then that thing. <laughs> revolving there, right? And, and, uh, I ended up, uh, you know, making up those classes. So I, I would train sometimes, uh, seven, 10 classes a week. Wow. Um, That's when, when my work schedule and different things allow. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember, um, uh, I, I couldn't sleep well. Um, my nervous system was essentially peaking, which yeah. is at the time I didn't know about those things. And that was the first time Vlad told me about, you know, cold water dousing and, and yeah, different aspects, but so um, basically you're in sympathetic burnout start. at that point, right? It's kind of overtraining and sympathetic well, burnout. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And my, my dreams, I dream I'm getting kicked and punched and I'd wake up all of a sudden, <laughs> like, you know, just the, the flinch would be there even in my sleep. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, at that point, even Vlad told me that I'm overtraining and he asked me to just cut it back a bit and, and to take better care of myself, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't, uh, you know, coming from traditional martial arts background, um, I wouldn't have even considered wanting to teach or be anywhere in that position. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I moved to the West Coast yeah. and I, I would still go back once or twice a year to Toronto and train that. Uh, Vlad said, well, why don't you start a group? You should, you know, you're out of place now that you got to start looking at that. It's part of your training. It's part of your learning. Um, so I was like, oof, but I'm not ready. It's like, no, you got to, you got to take that. I think we have all been through that as well in that, yeah. you know, at point I, am I ready to teach and how do I teach and I had all these questions and this and that. Um, so I started a small uh, training group on the West Coast um, that, uh, was that where yeah. you are now in Demon Island, or was it somewhere else? Well, on the West Coast? no, I was I was on the Pacific side, uh, which is on a uh, essentially in a small town, um, kind of off the beaten path. Actually, at the end of the the, the highway, essentially on the Pacific, a small mm-hmm. town called Tofino. You know, I was there, and that's where I started a small group, and I uh, teaching uh, in the basement of the of the community hall, right, and then. Um, that evolved uh, to, anyways, at some point um, when we're having a young family, we decided to move uh, to a smaller, quieter place. And I knew at the time that I was burning the, uh, I was taking a shortcut. So I moved to a small island where I'm now in Denman, which is about a thousand people. Okay. And I knew well that, um, and there's a lot of older people, a lot of retired people. I'm that's like, that's well, in British Columbia, is that right? Up in the is. northwestern Canada, like that way. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, well, actually, south, south. Sorry, west. southwestern Canada. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> northwestern <laughs> North America, kind of generally. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, considered Pacific Northwest as well for, from our end, right? So, uh, right. small island, and I was like, well, you know, and I, I, I I, you know, I did my times. I'm born in Tehran. I've lived in big cities, um, and what, Toronto was fun and everything. But I, I wanted to get back closer to to nature, yeah. um, close to the ocean. That was some something I always grew up close to, and and so it was kind of a nice, nice fit. But I and I, I never dreamt of actually. Well, I shouldn't say when I was a kid. I at some point I wanted to go to Shaolin right, and train mm. with the monks. And but you know, as I got in my twenties, I was like, well, that's obviously not happening. So I kind of figured that I'd like to have my own dojo in the woods, tucked in, and do our own thing, kind of old, old school. Yeah. Um, 
not not a commercial based venture not you know it, it was it, I, I wanted to keep it as raw as i could yeah and and that's uh that's essentially how it went um the school was Pacifico system at the time which now is become roots dojo mm-hmm. and um uh, on, on the island here, I started kind of training with local people and then, you know, other people found out and then started seeing very quickly that there was, there was other people out there who didn't want to do the, you know, the city thing and, you know, you want to just unplug and train. Yeah. Right. So, so, you know, from a perspective of running a school, it was, it was interesting. I was essentially teaching every day, like it was it was just very interesting to see that there were other people who wanted to unplug and just focus on training. So you had enough demand to teach every single day. You had enough people coming in doing that, or was it just that you know, you know you were going to be there anyway, so you weren't overly concerned with there. making it commercial? Or, you know. Yeah, no, I, I was. I mean, I was training anyways, and uh, I, you know, I was very diligent about my my personal training. Yeah. Um, you know, we we know in system, I, you need bodies to work with. Yeah. Uh, so. So no, there was there were students who were very dedicated and uh, who essentially like some people moved to the island to train for two or three months at a time, hmm. and essentially ten years later they're still here. Wow! Right, <laughs> and uh, you know they have kids now and they've you know gotten together with another student and they've made families. Anyways, this is wow. fascinating to, so to watch. So you built a whole community around the uh, around this uh, dojo that yeah. people make a pilgrimage yeah. to, pretty much. Absolutely right, yeah. and then. Uh, and I've I've kept at it, but I knew all along that I'm, you know, usually what happens is that you, you go, you spend your 20 years in the city, you build a reputation, you build a school, and then you can go do your island paradise retreat setting. Yeah. Right. Whereas I started with the island paradise setting. <laughs> uh, and and now I'm actually considering pushing back into, into a main, going to Vancouver because a lot of my other work, my security work, whatnot, does take me there. Right. And. A lot of my security work is based out of training. Okay. So, 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 anyway, so th- these are things that are in the works now. So, but, did you? Um, so, was there? So, it sounds like it was kind of partly kind of a lifelong kind of dream to have this kind of idyllic dojo in the outdoors and things like that. But does the does the name kind of roots dojo? Does that come from the idea of that you you want to kind of shrug off the cushy comforts of modern life and get people to go back to their roots as like you know survivors and warriors? Or, or was there some other reasoning behind? Well, the, the name and the, and the identity that you gave the place. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very interesting question, um, and, and and I'll defer that to a story that that Vladimir told me uh, many years ago after after he came back from uh, from one of his Moscow trips. Yeah, and he had gone to Moscow to train on his you know for a week long, and he came back and and I was like, so how was your trip? And it's like he just rolled his eyes, like you know, we let's let's say that there was a lot of time spent in the sauna. Yeah. Um, imbibing other things than training, right? Yeah. And and at the time he says uh, he says you know I think I think Mikhail has gone crazy. It's <laughs> like uh, I'm interested in to hear that one. He says you know Mikhail says um, uh, all, all martial arts stem from system. Uh-huh. And, and so Vlad is like you know and I, that's that's an absurd thing to say, right? Uh-huh. And, and he said that, you know, he's, he's been sitting on it and he's been thinking on it. And, and, and I think that Mikhail is actually right. And so now I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God, these guys are both no, going, no, crazy. going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, um, you know, 
and, and we're not talking about like the style of martial art, but essentially all all martial arts come from principles, yeah, from you know movements, from just like the basic thing, and and then they've been cut down, and then they've been stylized. Right? Yeah. So so it took me a while to sit on that and think about it, and then I started thinking like, yeah, all martial arts do come from systema. Hmm. So, so for me, um, and I, and I, you know, that's a huge can of worm and, you know, I, I know we could get in long debates with all sorts of other martial artists regarding that. But the in- interesting part is that, um, really for me, roots has got many connotations. Hmm. One of them is that we are, we are going back to the roots of martial arts. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I also see a lot of value in, in technique based in, uh, uh, breaking things down, both from a teaching methodology, but also from, uh, um, you know, uh, valuable skills for students to gain. Right. Yeah, sure. Um, so, but, but, but putting that aside, so there is that notion is like, uh, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's go back to the basics. Like we, we can't reinvent fighting. We've yeah. been fighting for, for millennia and, and since the age of time where, you know, whether it was over fire or whatever, that is a component of our survival. Yeah. So, so we can't, you know, it's like saying that we're reinventing knife fighting. No, nobody's going to reinvent anything along this path. Yeah. There's no, uh, only so many ways you can stick a pointy object into somebody. Right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes. Actually, so, this is, so I really quite like to, um, kind of a little bit without going too far down the rabbit hole. I mean, it, it seems like, um, in martial arts kind of, uh, academia for want of a better word, like the, the established, idea is that most martial arts do kind of share a common root and it kind of has its origins in kind of um you know the old indus valley and like and and eventually yoga coming up from out of that and the breathing techniques that spread around and then were adopted in china and then moved across to taiwan and japan and philippines and other places and that different interpretations on this kind of core of conditioning and stabilization and and mobility evolved into different martial arts as it spread out across the world and then they kind of begged borrow and stole from each other as there were battles and and conquests and things like that so there's i think there's the idea that martial arts share a common root isn't uh isn't really that controversial i think most people will kind of be okay with that but the idea that sistema you know a russian one is is at the root of it is is kind of on its face it seems like a very um shifty thing to say especially because because most people have only uh, you know sistema has only really come come to light in its current form uh, over the last kind of 20 25 years uh, so i guess right. the argument would be that maybe um sistema retains more of the original principles than some other arts have right so in the same way that there are some languages um like uh irish gaelic for example or um you know um a couple of other just trying to think of another example um there's like old germanic and things like that um that seem a lot older they they share more common roots with other languages um, that aren't even around like irish is more common to sanskrit i think than it is to english or to other things around there and um and i think there are lots of languages in the middle east as well which are kind of similar um and they indicate that there's, you know, they go further and further and further back. And and in some ways, um, modern Americans, especially there's an island, I think, uh, off the coast of uh, North Carolina here where I am called Elizabeth, uh, there's a place called Elizabeth City and uh, Ocracoke Island. And, um, and people there speak English um, more like um, people did in Elizabethan England than British people do now, right? So a lot of the time, British people decry the fact that Americans say things in a funny way and they have a funny accent and the colonials have changed all the accent and things like that. But in a lot of ways, actually, Americans have retained a lot more of the speech from a couple of hundred years ago than British people. And it's British people with their multiculturality and their shifting kind of um, influences that have changed. And maybe the same thing is true of martial arts. Maybe somehow Sistema being... Uh, 
kind of staying within Russia and kind of staying the way it is and being very, very traditional and passed down in the way that it is retained a lot more of these base principles than some other arts um, that came later on. And and so the characteristic of making it seem like, oh, well, all these arts are about based on breathing and structure and, and the core movements and core ways of moving, you know, maybe that kind of natural movement is at the core of Sistema. Maybe it was at the core of most martial arts once, but they've become more and more stylized and more and more based on the on the, on the the technique or the shape of things. Is, is that kind of making sense? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's a, a, a fair... And I, and I think I'd like to be careful um, with uh, the word system, because it, as we know, it's just a word. And, sure, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And there are lots of things under that banner now, right? <laughs> that's right. And, yeah. and, and also, um, you know, I, I think that... Uh, pinpointing it specifically to Russia as a geographical uh, place is is maybe limiting. I think it's more sure. uh, yeah. kind of kind of larger to the Slavic tr- fighting traditions yeah. in general, and and also that there there was a break um, when with with the uh, uh, when the Soviets um, kind of took over and um, like suppressed started, the teaching and stuff. Or? That's right. So yeah. Anything that's traditional, right? So yeah. so there was break and then uh in the in the 90s essentially with kind of uh uh several characters including vladimir there was a resurgence of it mm. so so it was a, a bit of a reset there uh mm. that we're starting back at zero we're, we're starting back with like the, the real basic things mm. now we're saying um and it's fascinating for all of us who are you know kind of martial art geeks yeah uh, yeah it's a thing seeing this resurgence of other stylicized uh, fighting methods coming out of Slavic regions, hmm. uh, and even within Russia, you know, having the Cossacks, having the, and seeing that, well, there's been a, a break and a reset, but there were other families still maintaining some form of martial tradition in their, uh, in, in, in their region or in their villages. Yeah. And they have, they, you know, they are, uh, they have broken things down or they have assimilated with dance and other aspects of, uh, of their culture. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, in specifically in our lineage, and I, I'm referring to, to the Ryapko Vasiliev uh, lineage. Yeah. Uh, the emphasis is really on going back to the basics, right. Mm. And, and, and building from there. Mm. And if, if we look at the way, for example, we, we teach at roots, we are essentially on an eight year cycle. So, so every eight years we cover what I feel is our full curriculum. Hmm. Interesting. So if a student comes and spends eight years solid training at roots, they'll go through all the variables that we cover. And I admittedly, I like to say that we cover more than just fighting because we, we also go into, um, you know, first aid and wilderness survival and yeah. protective work and, and all these other facets. That's why it's a really long cycle. Hmm. And, 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 uh, you know, after eight years, I usually tend to come back and this is essentially my, my, my second tour. So, you know, because it's taken me some time to formulate these things for myself as well. Yeah. But, but it is, you know, okay, we're, we're back, back to square one guys, back into, you know, the hard physical work back into, um, kind of, uh, going to the core of things, even though I would like to say that from my perspective and where I'm at in, in, as a, as a teacher instructor, um, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that there is so much more emphasis that we need to put on character development, um, in, in our students, which is, uh, something that I, I, you know, that was never very big 
in my early years at uh, training at Vlad's. And yeah. it was very unsettling for me when Vlad would do a demo and you had guys lying down on the mat, picking their nose, barely yeah. paying attention. Yeah. But it, it didn't seem like it was a problem for, for, for Vlad or the, the instructors, um, very much so. Hmm. Uh, or being late, you know, just get uh, do a few push-ups and it sure. might be your punishment and get get back on thing. But it's also very interesting because our teachers, both Vlad, Mikhail, and, you know, others like Constantin, et cetera, are, are coming back from military background. Yeah. And, and you know, for example, getting people to be fit was not an issue yeah. because if, if you're already doing your two years of military conscript, you're probably already at a certain level of fitness. Sure. You're yeah. 22 year old. Like, so it wasn't on the radar to try to get guys to lose weight. Yeah. But now that, you know, health and, and fitness mm-hmm. is a, is a much bigger field than martial arts. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so people who just want, you know, just, just get healthy and fit. Yeah. System. I, um, depending which school you go to, it, it might might be a great way to go about it. But yeah, I mean, we we found ourselves putting more emphasis on the on the health, just because there's only there seems to be a limited capacity, at least in the area that we're in, for people who just want to do the we are more badass than the other local martial art thing, right? So, so and yeah. sometimes what I find is that people that are scared of the concept of doing martial arts, if they, if they look kind of look straight onto it uh, if they see people on the website in camo stabbing each other and hitting each other with sticks they might not show up but if they show up and we sort of say this is good for your health this is good for you know stress management things like that they might start for that stuff and then um, and then they'll stay when they realize they're kind of stronger than they thought they were right and we bring out some little primal thing in them and they they enjoy ground fighting and they enjoy punching and getting punched and then and they kind of become bigger than they thought they were you know men and women definitely like in those things and sometimes it's the flip side right people come in for the rough stuff and then they stay because they realize it's sustainable and it's helping them to heal injuries and things so i think it's a good place for both it's a, totally 100 yeah. percent. and i think you know various schools have got various focuses and various interests um yeah. at, at that level but uh we we know it's broad enough that um, you can kind of pick and choose and i think each each instructor uh who runs a school uh, needs to make those decisions for themselves, yeah. partially based on what the markets can uh, can sustain, and also their field of interest and where they are at in their personal um, yeah. personal training, which is something that also leaves me, uh, how should I say, uh, a bit unsettled because uh, I, I don't feel like a system needs to be dependent on where the instructor is at in their personal growth. Right. So, for example, if we have a 14 year old joining our adult class, um, that 14 year old still is at the level where they need to discover more about their physicality. Yeah. This is the time to necessarily uh, burden them with a lot of uh, internal stuff. I'm, I'm saying that very lightly, like everybody sure. benefits. But we got to recognize that, you know, uh, doing acrobatics for a 14, 17 year old is is important. Learn yeah. how to do your backflips and front flip, which are not commonly uh, covered in, in Systema. So yeah. if if your instructor is at a place where they are just strictly interested in internal and breath work, yeah. does mean that all of their students need to be funneled through that. And this is where I think developing specific curriculums. Yeah. Um, at first, I was thinking that it should be like that for Systema and it should be kind of coming from headquarters down. Yeah. But now I realize that each school needs to really make those decisions for themselves. 
the weekend of September the 22nd and 23rd, 2018, Martin Wheeler will be returning to NC Sistema for his seventh consecutive year with a two-day fight clinic entitled Slip, Strike, Grapple. The seminar will be held in downtown Durham, North Carolina, and is currently priced at $150 for one day or $255 for both days. Podcast listeners can claim an additional 10% off using the discount code HITME at the online checkout. That's H-I-T-M-E at the online checkout. Visit www.ncsystema.com slash events to register. Hope you see you there. That's an interesting, I mean, and I guess that's where your kind of, your idea at least of periodization comes from, right? Uh, at least then, you know, they don't, you don't get trapped, the students don't get trapped into your specific area of interest. If you're deeply interested right now in character development and breath work, for example, they don't get pulled on the, like a multi-year <laughs> kind of uh, odyssey towards those things when they, and, and especially if they join right in the middle and they're like, wait a minute, you didn't show us how to full roll or take a punch yet, you know, or like, it's, you know, the physicality and things like that. So, so it's, um, cool. I, I think that, and that's interesting because what I found is, that it happens anyway. You know, we've we've only been here in North Carolina for about 10 years, 10, 11 years. Um, but I find myself periodizing for much the same reasons. Like I'll I'll go on a tip of, you know, I'll go up to HQ and I'll be like, oh, it's all structure. And I really need to think about more about how you hold structure in a very relaxed way and just be heavy, right? Rather than trying to do things that keep your structure. Uh, and I'll come back. And then that seems to be kind of the goal for quite a while. And I noticed that people are, are losing mobility, for example, and they're just not really thinking about how free they can be. And so for a couple of months, it turns into a focus on freedom. And then I'm like, oh, now they're too loose and wobbly. And now we've got to get back to, you know, <laughs> now, it's, now they're not breathing and we do breath work. And so I find myself going, going through cycles of soft and hard and free and stable and kind of going through things anyway. But it's a little bit, it's kind of reactive and adaptive to what the students are doing. But I, I know that sometimes people slip through the cracks and I know, I know this because sometimes people will train for like a year or, you know, six months and I'll do something in a class that I think is fairly fundamental. And they're like, wow, in the circle at the end, they'll say, that's the first time I've done that. And that was amazing Absolutely. doing kicks. And I'm like, really? You've not done kicks? You've been six. And I know that I've done kicks, but it's just the classes they've shown up for. They just didn't do them and I didn't do them often enough and there was no uh direction to it there was no scheduled periodicity right it was just kind of like this adaptive thing so i can definitely see the value of what you're talking about and especially if it's taking a long view over eight years i think it's phenomenal and uh, i for one have a new life goal now of trying to get to your place and train for eight years once the kids are grown up (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that aspect of it and 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 i think for schools where you have multiple instructors yeah um, i i always you know i always uh go over these things with my instructor as well. Where are we at? What are we covering for next month? Mm. You know, uh, like we need, we need, we need to give guidance to our instructors at that level because, uh, you know, I don't want to break things down Monday kicks, Tuesday breath work, Wednesday this and that, right? That, that is not how we go about system. That has never been the way I, maybe in my first three classes, I tried to plan it. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, screw that. That doesn't work. You've got to yeah. see where the room is at. You've got to feel the students. you got to. Yeah, you absolutely. Gotta, and, and then see where the deficiencies and of course, what kind of um, drills you can, you can bring or what kind of sequence of drills you can bring in to help resolve those deficiencies. Yeah. That, that is done in the moment. Right. And, and I, I remember like, you know, Mikhail was very clear, like Monday morning, you show up to class, guys are dragging their butts there. It's Monday. They, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta feel that. And you gotta some extent cater to that. Whereas Friday evening, everybody's ready. People, have, you know, they're looking forward to the weekend. You know, you, you're going to push them a different way. Right. So, so, you know, I think that there is, there needs to be that level of, uh, intuitive, uh, development of, of how we teach in classes. But at the same time, I, I still think that we need to be cognizant that 
it shouldn't be a reflection of where the instructor is at or what's the instructor's interest. We need to take people and make sure that they're getting a broad spectrum of all the work that needs to be covered, regardless whether I like it or not myself. Or even I would say I, I used to believe that an instructor needs to be capable to do everything that they're asking a student to do. Yeah. Right. But now I'm at a place where I'm like, there are plenty of things I can't do. Hmm. And does that mean that I shouldn't try to help my students achieve those things because I can't do them? I might not be able to do them, but I, I have a good understanding as to how to help them do yeah. it. Or at least you're, f- you're further down the road than they are with that, right? So it's, you've got something to show and maybe you can both grow in the process of, of, of exploring it. Yeah. So I think that those are, you know, those are those are things that w- when you run a school for long enough time, you'll stumble upon. Yeah. Uh, regardless, right? And I think... And I actually have uh, maybe a short video somewhere on our YouTube page where I've broken down what my understanding of, of teaching is, how, you know, you start as a student, then you become an instructor in training, then you become an instructor. Hmm. Um, and, and what what each one, uh, what's the definition of each one of them? And yeah. then at some point you become a teacher. Uh, and then at some point you become a mentor to some of your students, right? So uh, n- none of those things are done overnight. Like, you, you know, as... Uh, as school owners or whatever, uh, you know, as leaders in our field, we gotta, um, we gotta have some understanding of like, okay, well, you know, an instructor in in training is normal. They're going to rehash progressions without necessarily having a larger understanding of, of where things are going. But when, when you, when you become uh, a teacher, now your role is to actually go and help an individual student with a stumbling block that they have faced and they're not getting over. And that's done, of course, in, in the larger uh, spectrum of a class, right? You know, I'll go spend time with one student and say, look, you need to focus on this specifically. I don't care what the other guys are doing. You need to stop using your hands. No more hands for you for the class, right? Hmm. And and just kind of guide them through that, right? And then, you know, one step further is, yeah, you, you, you become friends with some of your students after many years. And um, from there on, you... Uh, you know, the, it's no longer just about what's happening in the dojo. It's like, well, what's your life like? What's your family? Can I help with anything? Hmm. Uh, and just sharing at that level. So those are, you know, natural progressions that, hmm. that we're having. Right. So I think it's a fascinating journey. And I, again, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't ever be thankful enough to, to my teachers for uh, allowing me and encouraging me to, to continue on this path yeah. and, and, and to, you know, give us, uh, you know, give us the opportunity. Of course, I, I would have liked now that I look back, I would have liked to have more guidance along the way. You around. would? You think? You don't think it's important that you found your own way and answered your own questions to an extent? It is. Um, I've I've made a lot of mistakes along the way um, that I think uh, could have I, I could have you know avoided those had I been given some level of guidance. And and the reason I said that is that you know I like to think that I've been persistent enough. And I've been diligent enough and I've maintained my training. But there are a lot of guys out there who, frankly, um, are a liability more than anything else, both in terms of the stuff that they're sharing and teaching, but also in terms of uh, making our life as as a whole more problematic. Um, You're talking you know, about people in the wider martial arts community or within Systema specifically? I'd say even within Systema community where, mm. you know, um, uh, you know, guys get their instructor in training or they become instructors, but they are not, they're, they're not doing justice to all the efforts and, and work that 
others are, are putting into it and they're going there and, and they're, you know, they haven't had the guidance. So I'm not necessarily blaming them, but they haven't had the guidance. So in their perception or in their mind, they're, they're doing the right thing, hmm. but they are, they, they, they are kind of, uh, I'm not saying hurting us because, you know, I run my school my way. I don't care what Joe Blow is doing left, right and center, yeah. but it, it is, it is. And, and, you know, one of the good examples, um, was when Vlad came up with his first video called psychic, uh, uh psychic energy. Yeah. And, and it was a fascinating video, but it, you know, it brought up so many skeptics and so many questions to the point that early days when I used to do seminars, some guy would show up and say, well, you know, can you put me to sleep? Hmm. And I'd be like, uh, no, it's like, well, I saw it on the video. I was like, uh, and I understand what you saw, but so, and, and, you know, I mean, I think Vlad was also cognizant that that video was put out way too early. Hmm. Uh, without enough context for the martial arts community at large to make sense of it, yeah, and, and I'm, it just, I'm not sure there will ever be enough context for for yeah, a large sure. part of the martial arts community. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> even now, even yeah. now, you're you're totally right, right? Yeah. But but so so there, there's been like you know these are things that put setbacks um, for us as a larger community and as a larger system. Hmm. That you know, then all of a sudden everybody's focused on that, and it's like oh this that that, and it's like look, you're not gonna. That's not how you're gonna fight if that's you know, the, uh, what's being questioned, you're not going to, if you're trying to put a guy to sleep when in the middle of a fight, you're going to get minced pretty hard. Yeah. Having said that, we know that as a, you know, part of a larger system, it is just to give us a deeper understanding of, you know, the nervous system and, and how we can relax people without having to, um, you know, aggravate them further and how those, anyways, it's just giving us insights, right? Yeah. It but, seems like there's, there's like a continuum of training. I remember there was a story a while back. Uh, I, think, I think that Vlad um, told us when I was up there training about how Michael was out, uh, you know, with a friend or something driving in the, in, in Russia and they, they, uh, got stopped by some guys. And I don't know if they were criminals or something like that and stopped the car. And, uh, and Michael got out of the car and walked up to them. And the other guy, I don't think he was a systemic guy. He might've been, uh, he might've been a priest. I can't remember the, the, the whole details of the whole thing, but he was kind of watching Michael and these two guys were kind of having a go at him a little bit and kind of seemed to be threatening him. And, um, and he was like, Oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. And, uh, and Michael basically decked them, like punched them, but <laughs> punched one and the other laid them out and then got back in the car and start and drove away. And the guy was like, I thought you were all about that, you know, you know, non-contact and he's, and he yeah, just yeah. held up his fist and said, this works better, you know? And, uh, yeah. and it seems to me there's kind of like a, a continuum that people don't realize exists within Sistema from all the way at the top end. You can successfully put people to sleep with a, with a, you know, an abrupt impact to the face with a, with a fist the same way that you would in boxing or yeah. anything else, you know, it's like just with a lot of precision and relaxation, um, all the way down through, you know, grappling in much the same way as people do in jujitsu and other stuff like that, but just with a slightly different, uh, emphasis, but we're, we're, exploiting the same biomechanics and things like that and controlling people and you can do damage or you can do less damage depending on the level of your skill and you know relative kind of power and all that kind of stuff going on and then all the way down to trying to control people psychologically right you steer people away from conflict or you steer people to one side of your body or they don't realize that they're being controlled but that doesn't mean you can always use all of those things in all situations and let's face it if it really comes down to it and the situation is terrible it's um a lot of the time you have to default back to the things that are more physical right but i think at least not only do those other things lower down on the spectrum give us more skill and more awareness and more precision, 
with the physical stuff when it needs to kick off um, but they also give us options before it does kick off so we've got a potential backdoor or a potential way of like diffusing the violence which some of the martial arts just don't offer you know if you, if you do Muay Thai you're very good at punching and kicking people in the head and the legs right but but that's pretty much your only tool so if somebody starts an argument with you you're probably likely to punch them in the face or kick them in the legs and then maybe you're up for assault or something right so it's nice to have that spectrum but I don't think they realize a lot of the time that it is a spectrum right they think that, that you know they see one clip and they're like oh that's what it's all about and exactly. like you say, sometimes it's, it's to do with the perception of the thing and how people put themselves across. Yeah, 100%. And for us, it's easy because we live and breathe and it's our, it's, our, it's our world. Yeah. But for people who are just dabbing into things and they're just watching YouTube videos, yeah. they, they, they're just not going to get it. And, you know, frankly, we shouldn't even try to convince them otherwise. It's their paths, it's their journeys, their shortcomings. And if they, if they add more interest, they'd they, they, they train and they'd they probably come to the same conclusion 20 years later, right? So, so what's the solution to that? That we just have to put across our stuff with as much character and integrity as we can, and then people find us. Is that the is that the idea? I, I think that, and this is why I'm coming back a lot to character development and 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 recognizing, like you know, what's a, what's a good fight and yeah, and what's worth engaging in, and how do we go? You know, there, there are a lot of guys out there who are very skilled fighters, but and again, you know, the teaching is a whole different ball game. There are mm. plenty of guys who can fight, but who couldn't teach anything. They yeah. just don't have the, the, the skills as, as teachers. Yeah. And I, I believe that to, to run a successful school, you need, you know, you need to be able to stand your ground. You might not be an you know MMA winner, yeah. but you need to be able to stand your ground. Yeah. Um, you need to also uh, be able to nowadays have a bit of a business sense around how you can run things because you need to maintain your school open and you need to have students come right hmm. so, so that's uh, that's another thing but most importantly you need to know how to teach and to impart skills and knowledge and and, and that's not that's not a given that no, not, not at all. It's a separate set of skills almost, right? It's, uh, I think I talked with uh, Brad Skolnavaco about this on the previous podcast. He was saying there's three sets of overlapping skills that kind of form a Venn diagram in the middle. You know, it's a, there's your ability or your skill as a systemic practitioner yourself. Um, and of course, that's paramount because if you don't have it, you've got no content. You've got nothing else to transmit. Right? Right. What else are you doing if you don't have the skill? And so you have to keep training for yourself, you know, yeah. if, if for no other reason than to maintain your skill and improve it so that you can actually offer something, right? Even if, I mean, for me, I train for the love of it as well and the other the things that it does for my life but um but that's also a driver now that i'm a professional you know i have to i have to keep improving otherwise my students would be like so what are we doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> go that way you know and then but you also have to look at a little bit of pedagogy and you have to understand how to teach a little bit even if it's as simple as not staring at your feet and and you know mumbling when you're trying to you know talk to people in a room because it doesn't matter how great a fighter you are if you can't get the skills across if you can't break them down in a way that makes sense to people they're just not going to listen and then third if you don't have the business skills and the marketing, then you can be a fantastic teacher with amazing skills and nobody will ever find you. <laughs> so, or your school will just collapse because you're running it in a rubbish way. You know? so it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you need a little bit of all three, definitely. And this is where I feel like uh, more guidance could have gone long ways, right? Like, mm. uh, you know, I've had to kind of come to this uh, understanding of my own, and I think we all do to sure. some extent. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so th those are all aspects that I think... Uh, um, you know, and, and that's how I guess our, uh, our lineage functions. And I'm, you know, I'm definitely not there to, to change that, that approach, but yeah. I know that with my instructors, I take the time, I give them feedback. Yeah. Um, I watch them teach. Mm -hmm. I, uh, 
I'm, I'm there for them. If they ever need any resources, anything, I'll, I'll do my best to, to support them with that. So, so, uh, yeah, definitely. I find like there is, there is a lot of room for that. Um, you don't, you don't have too many disciplines where you become an instructor and yet you have never uh, been taught how to teach or yeah. you know, yeah. how to break things down. Or, Usually there's some yeah. sort of apprenticeship first, right? You have to take the, you know, the kids class or you have to take some classes for a while and the people watch you well, teach and that kind of stuff. So. Oh, sorry. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry, my bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that one cut again. Uh, yeah. I was, so I was going to ask one more thing. Um, actually, it relates back to your question of development of character as well. I think there's there's another aspect aspect to that in that sometimes it's um we we have this aspect that we're trying to develop systema for defense, for practicality, for survival, right? For fighting the good fights, as you as you put them, right? The good battles and all that kind of stuff. Um, and yet it's kind of juxtaposed with this whole idea that you, you want it to be, you want to do no more harm than is necessary, right? You want to do what's appropriate and you want to use the right amount of force and it's not based on aggression, right? Um, and there's kind of, it seems like a bit of a dichotomy, but it's it's not when you look at it from the point of view of like what you're fighting for, right? If, you, if you're fighting for your pride or your status or something like that, then probably it's never going to go to a good place, right? And there's going to be aggression, there's going to be ill feeling and you're not going to do what you want to do. Um, but if you're fighting to defend yourself or your family or, you know, your country or something like that, then it's coming from a good place and it needn't be a bad thing to be fighting, right? It's not necessarily that bad. But how do we as teachers... Um, try to ensure that that we are still training for the reality of physical violence and assault, right? That we're keeping the training real in, in a way that it seems very much you and your guys do, right? You, you've very much a focus on the reality all the way down to like what happens if one of us gets shot, you know, can anybody here, you know, <laughs> tie a tourniquet? Can any of you know how to treat a gunshot wound or yeah. trauma, things like that? Um, how do we ensure that we're still training for the physical violence and assault and, and keeping that reality in there? Um, but without kind of allowing people to stray or even encouraging people to stray into fighting for pride or for vanity or pleasure, or even for kind of for its own sake, you know what I mean? Falling in love with themselves and their ability a little bit too much and kind of developing that aggression kind of on the sly. And you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, for, for me, the answer is, is very clear. It just comes down to more training and, and it's, it's mm. a problem when, you know, you're training only once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta stick. So, so let's say that, you know, you're running a school that's predominantly teaching self-defense and combatives, right? Yeah. Um, so, so if, you know, that, that's going to be the bulk of your work, like people are coming there with the intention and the expectation of learning those skills and learning how to better fight and be ready for, for violence. Right. Yeah. Uh, but for for us, because when we run, for example, our internships, where you we're, we're teaching two classes a day, five days a week, mm -hmm. right? And most students who come and do our internships um, come here just for that. And on our little island, there isn't much else to do. Mm -hmm. So so essentially, you're here just to train. When when you're doing ten classes a week, usually nine because we don't have a Friday evening, mm -hmm. but when you're doing nine classes a week we have a lot of time and we can cover all sorts of other things. Mm -hmm. So we can put a lot of focus on, 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 you know, how to deal with violence, um, how to be prepared for it, how to better understand it and manage it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, but yet, uh, on the side, we have plenty of time also to do self care, massage work, breath work, um, do, uh, you know, focus on, 
elements that help students develop attributes. So yeah. I'll back to that because the attributes is very much part of this character development part of it. Mm. Um, and and uh, um, one of the interesting aspects of it is that attributes are not taught, they're developed. Mm. And, and the only way to develop these attributes comes with time. And you gotta essentially uh, put students to the wash and dry cycle, as I call it. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it takes time. And this is why you, you talk about a seasoned fighter. It's somebody who has, who has spent many seasons mm. fighting or yeah. studying it, right? So, so this aspect of, of developing um, uh, better people, humans who are compassionate, who are for, forgiving, who don't let uh, pride and ego get into place. Um, you know, we can talk about it all we want with a student, but under pressure, uh, you know, you, you're gonna, it's gonna pop out. Your ego is gonna pop out. You're gonna feel insulted and then you're gonna react to it. Those things, as much as we can discuss it all we want, aren't, it's not gonna help the student. The student needs to go through that wash and dry cycle. So essentially, mm. um, you know, hold that push ups for half an hour, which is, which is boring and useless in so many ways when mm. somebody's only training two classes a week mm. and the class is an hour long and half of it is spent in push-up position. Mm. Well, they're not going to last and they're not going to come back. Right? Yeah. So, but when, you, when we are training nine classes a week, whatever, just stand your feet against the wall, hands on the ground and stay there for 15 minutes. Let's do it. Mm. And, and they got to suck it up. Hmm. You know, the guys, the tough guys, all of a sudden within a minute, they're shaking and they're falling. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the pride and their ego and the social fear starts coming up. And hmm. they got to suck it up because everybody else in class is seeing it. Yeah. Right. And then they're going to start making excuses. and this, But deep inside, they know that, well, they just couldn't do it. Yeah. They just couldn't do it. Right. So, so really, the answer for me is more training, more training, more more time spent on these things that are pushing students to look deeper inside themselves and see like, well, wh why, why did I get frustrated? Why did I, why is my ego bruised? Because I couldn't do that drill. Hmm. Um, and they got to, and they got to reflect on it. Right. And this is why, of course, we have our circles at the end of class. Hmm. And I think that they are, you know, they, they use like when we had, you know, 20 years ago when there was eight people in class, everybody could take two, three minutes to share their insights. When you have 30 people in class, it's always thanks for class. Oh, thanks. That was great. My share. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Next. And we don't have two hours at the end of class to, to listen to everybody. Right? So, so those insights at the end of class, um, I mean, those are places where we can have the discussion, talk about, like, okay, I, you know, it was a hard class. Some of you guys uh, faced some hardships. Um, you know, this is, this is part of your growing, growing cycle and hopefully you can appreciate and learn from it and not just scuffle it as like a useless drill because you couldn't do it. And because mm. you learn how to disarm a knife, mm. right? And I, that, so that, that's where I, that's where I come back that, you know, character development, um, is, is development. It's not, it's not taught. It mm. takes time. And, yeah. and, and, you know, there, there are, and I really do appreciate, and I'm becoming more and more selective as to who I'm, I'm willing to have at the dojo. Our dojo has no doors. Everybody's welcome to come. Yeah. Right. So, and literally it's got no doors. So, <laughs> uh, you know, people are welcome to come. We, we, we welcome everybody. But when it comes to actually doing the training, um, your attitude, your behavior, how you handle yourself, um, uh, how you present yourself, all those things are more and more important to me because 
those are the elements that make you fight a good fight. Those are the elements that make you uh, choose wisely how you're going to, um, uh, you know, interact within uh, a cer- certain context. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and those students are now a representation of our system hmm. and more so of the specific school you're training out of. Right. Yeah. So, so I feel like, you know, if students are going to be wearing the roots of your shirts, uh, I need to make sure that there are people of character. I need right. to make sure that there, are, there are guys who are representing us well and also representing system at large. Well, right? yeah. So, and, and also, you know, I'll say because um, in my in my security work where I draw students from the dojo into security work, we have to be professional all the time. Yeah, there is there is no room, like you say, you know, if you, and I'm, I'm careful in my like, I don't just draw from security from uh, from the dojo into security, you know, people apply to come and work in security with us. Yeah. And, and you know, guys are like keen on saying, yeah, I got the eight years of, of Muay Thai. And I'm like, well, you're most likely going to be a liability to me. Yeah. Hmm. Because like you say, and that's what you know, you're going to kick the guy in the head. Hmm. And that, that's the language you have been taught. And that's and, and I don't have any problem with that. But for, for us, it's a, a question of being professional and not being a liability. Yeah. And, and so so I, I see that, you know, it's it's a, it's such an important thing, not just for me and my school, but for us as a larger community to have people who are representing us in a proper way and in a, in a healthy way and who are, you know, good humans, good people. Right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, what we're trying to, to develop, people who can look after themselves, look after their family, look after their neighbors, their village, their town, their country. And of course, to some extent, um, the, 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 I guess, a lack of a better word, God, right? Because that is often the progression, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. you know, all those things are, uh, are, are very key to who and how. And, and, you know, I'm very thankful because I wasn't necessarily the most level-headed guy when, I, when Vlad took me on mm-hmm. and he was very patient with me. So I'm also careful in that I'm not expecting people to join and they're all saintly and everything else. I get it. We, we yeah. all have our journeys to walk and, and the door is open to everybody. But once you come in, you got to start showing traits yeah. quickly. Uh, yeah. And you got you got to show me that you know I don't care how many push-ups you can do and how, how hard you can hit. Hmm. It do you have those other things that are that are important? And I think that um, this is a bit of a renewed focus for me uh, for s- several different reasons. But I feel like this is where I like the focus with uh, with, with roots to go. I don't yeah. know for next how long, but it's something that I definitely am I'm going to be a lot more uh, just paying a lot more attention to. Yeah, and it sounds like a, a, a much needed and timely, uh, a timely response. You know, I think there's a time now uh, I, where, where people need character, right? And they need character development and they need those attributes. And, and what else were martial arts supposed to be for in the beginning, right? They were for teaching you to fight, but they, they were also for teaching you to be a better person during the peace times, right? They weren't just about teaching you for the battles. It's, that's the art of self-perfection and self-development, right? So a lot of what it was supposed to be. A- and it sounds like you're, you're taking it right back there. Yeah, and it sounds very cliche. All of these things sound very cliche. I find, but uh, I'm just like we're we we're not here to reinvent any of it. We're dealing with uh, with people, with humans, and we all we all have those struggles. You know, I mean, you have kids, you see them like they're 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 constantly discovering things, and they're constantly like their ego is being molded and shaped and formed, and they have they're building their armor and hmm. they're trying. To, so we we all have those challenges, and I think that it is. 
our work as as teachers and instructors to make sure that um, whether there are kids or adults that they are they are still working level of saying like okay how much armor do i need to put on how much how much of a prick do i need to be in order to survive in this world do i need <laughs> even to be a prick yeah and and and, and you know it's definitely like some people you're just not going to be able to change them if they, they have no interest in that they just want to come and learn how to fight and 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 disarm and do all these things that's fine i have no problems with that but mm. you still gotta you, you still gotta show that it's not your only area of interest that you are willing to do work on yourself. Right. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's the biggest news. Yeah. Well, this is, uh, this has been fantastic. I'm trying to be uh, mindful of, uh, of your time. I know we've uh, taken up nearly an hour um, on this just now, but this has been really, really great, really enlightening for me. And, uh, um, I hope we can, uh, reprise this at some point in the future and, um, and answer some more questions maybe and talk a little bit more about, um, how you guys periodize your training and, and, and the emphases that you have. Would you be willing to come back on again in a, a couple of months? Time so Absolutely. I really appreciate uh, all your efforts you're putting into this in, in, in getting key individuals and, and, and the upcoming instructors. And uh, it's, it's, it's great, great thing you're, you, you're doing there as a service to, to our community. And I, I would definitely, uh, like I said, I could go on and on and on. Um, and I know that there's a lot of things that we haven't covered that you, you, you had interest in. Sure. Um, Absolutely. So it would be a pleasure to come back. That'd be great. Well, we'll uh, we'll get that on the go straight away, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll start planning my eight year odyssey to British Columbia pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much, Wally, and uh, take care. Hope to see you soon. Glenn, thank you so much, and we'll be we'll be in touch. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about classes, workshops, and seminars at NC Systema, please visit us online at www.ncsystema.com. Mm-hmm.